Welcome back to the 3 Podcast. In this episode, Samuel is being interviewed by Ellie on the LGBTQ question. As an aspiring pastor, Samuel is answering a variety of questions and scenarios that he could face as a future pastor. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the 3-Year-Old Podcast. I am Ellie DeFore. And today we're doing a little bit of a different style. I'm going to do more of a direct interview with Samuel Haas. Now, a little bit of background on this episode before we get started in the shindig. Samuel Haas is wanting to be a pastor in the future and pastor a church. And so one of the prevalent issues in the Christian world today is the LGBTQ community. How do we address it as Christians? How do we approach it? How do we love in the LGBTQ community? while their lifestyle and arguably their identity in peace goes in direct contradiction to the scriptures. So how do we love someone that we're told by scriptures to love, but yet they have a fundamental aspect of that we disagree with and can't mesh with? So we'll be asking Samuel a couple of questions from a book called Messy Grace. It is by Caleb Kaltenbach. And he's, he is, has a really interesting story. It's a, he's a pastor, and he grew up with gay parents and how he learned to really love others with a, a sacrificial conviction. So I'd recommend the book. Uh, I haven't read it, but Samuel has. So more of a he'd recommend the book, I guess. But that is the topic of our discussion today. So, Samuel, how are you doing today? Hey, yeah, I'm good. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I know this is a controversial topic in today's time so to answer these questions off the cuff that's always a nerve-wracking thing but you know I'm glad to be here maybe it'll be good preparation for in the future or I'm asked questions that I didn't have time to think about beforehand so hey I'm, I'm glad to be here I'm ready to be interviewed and I'm ready to talk about some good stuff awesome awesome um all right so first question for you could an LGBTQ couple attend a community group or Bible study? Yeah, um, that's a fantastic question because there's, depending on where you're at, particularly down in the Bible Belt where I'm from, um, down in Texas, all those southern states, uh, there are a lot of people who might, if they knew that someone within their Bible study or community group was openly practicing an LGBTQ affirming lifestyle, uh, they might get a little uncomfortable with that. I mean, that's not only just because it's not something that most Christians would endorse. That's mm -hmm. uh, changing, but uh, it's a, a big issue, and we don't know how to, how to handle that well. Uh, personally, I, I would say off the cuff, yes, of, of course. Um, I, I think there has, always has to be a level of honesty, as with all things, of just like, uh, you're welcome to be with us. You're welcome to study the Bible with us. You're welcome to grow with us. Uh, but a part of what that means is a balance of both truth and grace. I mean, we will love you and accept you even if you never change, but we will never say something that is against the Bible to necessarily make one feel more accepted. I, mm -hmm. That's a poor way to phrase it. We won't change biblical truth sure. uh, to accommodate someone's presence. We will welcome them, but not change our convictions if that makes sense it's that balance sure. between truth and grace and so yeah i would say they could come to a uh, a bible study or a community group if they would like and i know that gets complicated because a lot of churches do membership 
and a lot of others don't. And so the, the question of church membership versus non-church membership and whether these Bible studies and groups are for members or not, that could get a little tricky. Uh, so it really depends a lot more on, on specifics, but off the cuff, I would say yes. Off the cuff, sweet. So just kind of get like deep in that question a bit, scenario. If the couple says, well, you know, we've been studying, you know, the words of Jesus, let's say you're, you're doing a, a Bible study on Jesus, and they say, well, hey, Jesus accepted people for who they are. Why can't you guys accept me for my lifestyle? Yeah. Well, hopefully um, we would have a relationship with this person if they're asking these questions. Otherwise, it'd be very hard to give an answer that would be uh, heard well and would, we would have the credibility to give, which is normal for all relationships. Uh, first thing, I would qualify their first statement that they said, which is Jesus accepted everyone as they were. Uh, partially true. I mean, he, was, he ate with tax collectors and sinners. He sought those people out. Uh, but it was because that they were the ones who needed healing. He didn't say, in a sense, you're sick and I want you to stay sick. No, he was coming to heal them. Essentially, I want you to grow and I want you to change. And so to say that Jesus just accepts you, don't ever change, don't align yourself with Jesus' values, I don't think Jesus' life teaches that at all. And furthermore, you, you look at his life, he is very quick to condemn. Think of the Pharisees, the people who are living uh, incredibly hypocritically uh, to both the law and relationship with God. He calls them out. He gets angry with them. He, he's, he is not shy to say uh, the truth of his convictions. And so I, I, would, I would qualify what their understanding of Jesus' life was. Yes, he did accept people in that he loved them and that he sought them out to heal them, but he did not affirm things that were wrong. I don't think you ever see that in Jesus' life. Yeah. That's a good question. That's a good, oh, I mean, good response. Thank you. I always try to ask good questions. Thank so I you. appreciate it. <laughs> That's a good response. I like that. Um, that was kind of a softball here. We're going to amp, amp up the, the heat. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Would an LGBTQ couple or person be allowed to go on a mission trip? Oh, <laughs> uh, see now, now you're getting tricky with me. Um, so uh, again, that would, uh, I'm assuming by when you're saying LGBTQ, person you are saying someone who has uh, homosexual desires um, is open about that is open about their belief in Christianity and is acting upon those homosexual desires um, and is right. saying hey this is this is the way I am um, I, I think this is biblical you know etc etc um, yeah, off the cuff, I, I really struggled to say yes with that. The, the main reason I struggle is actually not so much because of uh, someone with, you know, who's LGBT is going to mess up the mission trip, or that they can't do something going to feel absolutely not true. They, they can. But it would concern me that they would be doing something that was openly what I would say pretty openly against what the Bible teaches. Um, that would tell me something about where their heart is, uh, about where they are in their relationship with God, and it would make me question, do I want this person to be a spiritual leader in the life of another person, if that makes sense. Um, sure, so like, 
Because you you basically be in disagreement with it because the mission field is a place where Christian leadership and Christian values are put the forefront because you're winning souls to the gospel. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to have one of those representatives having in their life something that is contrary. So would you say that like if for example someone is having some sort of like a pornographic ad- addiction, right? Mm, yeah. That's that's being lustful continuously. And they're not like repentant of it, right? Yeah. They're like open about it. They're fine with it. Would you say that in that case, if that same person applied to being in a mission trip, would you deny them? I, I would feel extraordinarily hesitant in that situation as well. Uh, any sin where it's something that is uh, blatantly against Scripture, someone is engaging in it, and someone is saying, "Yeah, this is good. I'm not going to try to change it." I think that's cool with this. Um, yeah, I, I would be hesitant. I think the same principle would apply. Cool. Cool. I like that answer. All right. What is the plan for the student ministry staff and volunteers when a teenager comes out or expresses same-sex attraction? Yeah. Um, and, and again, like all of these are so very contextualized questions. Uh, that I, I pray these are embedded within relationship like if this person's coming out um as someone with homosexual desires uh, or as as let's say just to spice things up let's say you don't have a relationship with them let's say it's a brand new student oh my okay that has come to retreat right first time you know the the, the parents just came for one weekend okay and they the the retreat like the 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 retreat like just happened to be you know that that following weekend okay so they've come for one sunday Mm -hmm. maybe you maybe you haven't met them even yet you know, maybe you haven't even met the parents yet, mm-hmm. and you're you were invited mm-hmm. by the youth pastor to teach a sermon the opening night, and at the end of the op- uh, at the end of the sermon, you know, you give uh, a call to the altar, right? Okay. And this kid comes up. He's 15, and he looks at you, points at you. You come over to him, and he expresses um, his LGBTQ kind of tendencies. As in uh, attractions or actions? Both, we'll say. Okay, okay. And you have no relationship with him. Okay. How do you respond? So he's just telling me I have these? Or is Wait, he asking he, a question? He's telling you and he says, can I accept Jesus? Mm-hmm. Even if I have this? Yes, of course. <laughs> Where's the trick question in that? <laughs> well, it's like it's more of like how do you handle someone that you don't have relationship with, sure. and that like, yeah, because you you talked about like you you pray and you hope that like there's context in each of these contexts you have relationship, yeah, because it's always easier when you have relationship, right? You you met them, you've had lunch with them, you've hung out with Just them, trust, yeah. So you have no relationship with them, yeah. Or or okay, be- better question, better question, better question. He says, is it like, I think it's right for me to do this because it feels right. But I want to be sure. What yeah. can you tell me about it? And you have no relationship with this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would do is listen. Um, I mean, this kid has a story. He's got a life. Uh, so if I don't know him, I'm gonna get to know him because uh, that that should never be a three minute conversation if it can all be helped. Uh, so if if it has to be. What I'll most likely do is I'll ask questions about why he's asking, what brought him to this point, if he'd be willing to share his story. Um, and then I, I might share a brief synopsis and be like, of what 
it means to follow Jesus, submitting your life to his will, whatever that is. Uh, and I'm assuming he's ascending to that. And we just say, hey, like, perfect. And we can look into this issue of like what it means to live as a sexually, um, in, in, or as a Christian of sexual integrity with someone who is not a Christian. Their sexuality is not their main problem. Their relationship with God is their main problem. Sure. Um, and so I, w- I would emphasize that first. I think it might be important to say, like, hey, let me ask you a question. Like, I think this is the best thing that you could possibly do with your life to be giving it to Christ. I'm so glad that you're talking to me. Uh, do you know what this means? Like, to be to be submitting everything to him so that if it does, the Bible does affirm sexuality, you're going that way. If it doesn't, you're, or doesn't affirm LGBT sexuality, uh, you're going that way. If it does, I, I, I butchered that whole sentence, but basically you're submitting your life to affirm whatever the Bible affirms. Mm. And I would say, are you on board with that? Um, and I, I mean, I would assume for the sake of this conversation yeah. that he would say he is. Uh, and at that point, if it's at the end of a sermon, which is the context that we were talking about, I'd most likely say, dude, that's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm just so proud of you. I, I might lead him in prayer. And then I'd suggest, this is a great question you're talking about. And it's not a, a three-minute question. Uh, could we talk about it again at some point? And I'd try to follow so up So you basically invite him to lunch and like have a longer conversation. In a sense, yeah, yeah. Invite yeah. him to lunch. Yeah, no, that's great. No, I, I like your approach because like, you don't just like, you don't try to fix it, right? You don't see this like 15-year-old kid that's that's you know like a, a clear contradiction in the bible and you don't try to fix the solution you try to listen and have empathy and understand his context so i think that's a really like good and christ-like move so oh thank you i appreciate yeah. it <laughs> um last kind of question that i have at least is if if like, let's say you have you know you're like five years into your church you have this guy volunteers every week, you know he's he he's let's call him Jerry, right? He's okay. J- he's Jerry, he's Good Jerry. Old Jerry. Good old Jerry brings donuts every Sunday. Oh, he he's the man, you know. He 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 stay he comes early, he helps. He stays late. He helps clean up. He's he's the dude. You relied on him. You're so thankful to have him, especially you know for like your first five years of your church. He's just every there Sunday. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Say his staff or just a member. He's just a, he's just a member of the church. Sure, okay. Um, but loves absolutely everything. You know, just always there. Then you have a sermon series, and you have LGBTQ, right? And you're and you're covering it because whatever reason you're you're, you're covering that series, and you wanna you wanna educate your your congregation on like what it is. Mm-hmm. And Jerry comes up to you, kind of fired up after your first sermon, and he's like, "Well, hey, pastor." Um, I've I've I kind of disagree with what you said up there. See, because you said that the Bible says that LGBTQ is a wrong lifestyle, but I don't see that, and I disagree. Mm-hmm. How do you respond? Well, assuming that I've preached a sermon on that, I would have laid out an argument for why the Bible affirms the sexuality that I believe it does. Uh, so the first question that I would ask him is. Uh, what did you think of what I said today? Uh, did you find something I said not compelling or, you know, uh, essentially where's the flaw in my argument? I probably wouldn't say it that way. Cause that invites, uh, that invites a little bit more of a, 
uh, argumentative tone, but I would essentially ask him what he thought. Um, in those instances, a lot of the times the issue has nothing to do with the actual logic of the sermon. Uh, it would often do with the emotional heartstrings behind the sermon. Um, but, of course, he's angry. I'd be very tempted to get angry. He's insulting my sermon. <laughs> you know. Right. And so we're probably just going to engage with this logic heated level at the top of just, you know, here's all these arguments. Um, but if I were... If I could describe my ideal reaction in that moment, I don't know if I'd always get it. Um, but if I could, uh, I would try to get to the heart of it. Of just like, what does that look like? What are the emotional? Yeah, what are the emotional heartstrings behind it? Well, the first thing it looks like is not getting defensive, <laughs> which would be very hard to do in the scenario that you just uh, described. If he comes up, he's already heated. He's heated at me. Um, so it would be first to not get defensive and to hear him. Oftentimes I have found that when people get the chance to fully express their emotions uh, and express everything that's going on, often they will die down and they will come back to a more, in a sense, conversational level and they'll be willing to hear you. Um, so one of the first things that I would do is I would ask questions. You're, gonna, you're hearing a trend with this, but I, yeah. I'd ask questions. I would listen. I would ask him, you know, I might make the observation. I'd say, hey, man, this seems like something that's really touched a part of you. I mean, it's definitely, I've seen some emotions in you. Like, tell me about it. Tell me why this touches at your heartstrings. And then that, if he answers sure. that, would give me a very clear picture of what, in a sense, the actual problem right. is. So you're essentially trying to find context to every everything you're not just trying to jump in you're just always trying to find that context piece yes that allows you to then have a better dialogue yes okay yeah, yes that's a good response uh, where it goes from there would be very dependent on what he said <laughs> obviously i don't yeah. i don't know what jerry would say but yeah. um here's another question for you how can you like here at cc we had like a a, a big kind of thing happen with lgbtq the group that like was supporting LGBTQ, but look, they kind of like were advocating for it. So it's like in your shoes, how would you go about like what does support look like? What is encouragement? What is loving an LGBTQ oriented individual mm -hmm. within your church? Understanding the fact that they hold on to their sexual orientation as a as a key and core fundamental of their identity, right? They, if if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of like what they they harp on and what you know what they do is that they they push their sexual orientation as who they are fundamentally. So how as as Christians as a whole, let's say you know, you're, you're talking to just believers as a whole that are listening to this, how do we approach this? How do we how do we support in love an LGBTQ individual while still disagreeing with with the, their core identity as they see it. And of course you could say, you know, well, obviously Jesus wants you to, you know, grow and mature and, you know, in any sin of life you want to grow, right? You could you could make that argument. But when it's it when it, like for example, you are a you know you like you're the son of your mother right 
and I come up to you and I tell you, hey, you being the son of your mother is fundamentally not in agreement with the Bible. So if you want to follow the Bible, you can no longer be your mother's son. So kind of like that, I feel, because I, I, and like, you know, if there's any LGBTQ people listening to this, like, Mm -hmm. please correct me if I'm wrong, but like, from my understanding, that's kind of the framework that we're working with of like that kind of deepness of a, of an attachment. So yeah, that's kind of the context. Yeah. Um, so let me first just answer by saying a few things that I would not do, uh, which might be helpful to clarify what I would do. Um, one, I wouldn't try to fix them instantly. I wouldn't try to get them into counseling. I, I wouldn't pull out my Bible, uh, give them verses. Uh, I, I would be very careful about, um, you know, how I came off. Uh, if I came off as, you know, you know, mad or frustrated because they're not agreeing with me, because that's just going to turn anyone off in any context. So there would be a few things that I, I wouldn't, wouldn't do. I would be very intentional to reaffirm the relationship verbally and explicitly of like, from my end, like I can see that we don't agree and that's okay to me. I can still love you. I would affirm that specifically. But how do you love that person? Yeah. So, I mean, how do you love anyone in a sense? Uh, it's There is going to be in most stories I've heard, there's going to be some tension. So if you are looking for a way to love them without tension, I'm not sure that exists, at least not initially. Um, because as you said, it is such not just an action issue, it's an identity issue. Um, and, and so, I mean, be intentional to show your love as you would in any relationship. Be intentional about pursuing them. Be intentional about caring for them, sacrificing them for them, um, and in any way that you can, be supportive uh, to them. Uh, I would say, also, you talked about the identity issue, which I think is big. But to zoom out the picture a little bit for us as Christians, any person who is not a follower of Jesus Christ has got their identity in something they should not. That might be sexuality. It might be their job. For some fathers, it's their sons. You know, uh, it could be athletic performance. It could be how smart you are. Um, to anything. And even as Christians, we're tempted to put our identity in this. So to reframe the issue, everyone's got an identity issue. Sure. Uh, and so Not like that. that is a very normal transition that needs to happen. That is not just an LGBTQ. So you wouldn't see it as like such a big deal. I wouldn't see it as a unique deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd probably be what I was just trying to go for. Because mm-hmm. I think when we as Christians, uh, we talk about the LGBTQ community, it's this massive other, of just this. Oh my! Like they've got their issues, and it doesn't really relate to, you know, all these other you know issues mm-hmm. that we might have. And it's like that's just not true. So essentially, we're kind of in the same boat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I would say the fundamental problem that we all have, we face, they face. Yeah, it's oh. the same. Yeah, that's good. So here's kind of a a, a low ball question. A you, low so ball you, question. You you talk about 
you know, loving the person and sacrificing for the person and, you know, like caring for the person. What if your LGBTQ friend, does not have to be a Christian necessarily, but what if your LGBTQ friend asks you to their wedding? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you've cared for them, you've sacrificed for them, you've helped them out, you've loved them in every way they know you don't agree, mm-hmm. but they're like, hey, you're one of my best friends, you yep. love me the best, I want you to be here for my special day. Yeah, uh, that's a very tricky one. That's probably one of the biggest questions that we think of when it comes to do I support this or not. Uh, I'd, I think that is a question that requires a lot of wisdom. I'm not sure if I would, would draw a singular black or white line of you will, must always choose this option. You must always choose another. Um, you have to consider a few things. You have to consider what it will do to the relationship because um, that is hard to not be there. You have to consider what it will do to your witness, because a lot of people will see that as affirming, you know, the LGBTQ community. Uh, I'm, I will have to disappoint you. I'm not sure I could give an honest answer on this. I think it would be contextual. Sure. Um, I think you'd have to use your wisdom on that. Um, be very prayerful. Um, and even if you end up not doing it, I would I would be very upfront and honest uh, about your reasons and affirm again the relationship with that person. Uh, and, if, and affirm them in every other way that you can if you end up not being able to mm-hmm. do that. And if you do end up going to the wedding, uh, and you might be in a position where you might need to, to clarify yourself to a lot of people who might, who might question your, your character, your judgment after that. It might be you know, your close friends. If you're in a position of leadership within the church, that's another element that you have to consider. Just like, if I go to this, even if I think it's okay, you know, to go to this wedding to You're a not my friend. Just yourself. Exactly. There's going to be a lot bigger repercussions for you. And so you have to take a lot of things into consideration. Um, I, would, I would count that as a very large gray area. Mm-hmm. So not an easy answer for sure. No. <laughs> no. Which I know we don't like to wrestle with. But, I mean, that, I'm getting into it. Can I say one more thing? I, I, you got me talking. But, like, that's one of the things – I think about Christianity, we used to be, you know, Judaism in the Old Testament, where it was black and white, here's the law, I mean, you got Leviticus, just a whole book of just here's how you do it, you got all the commandments, and we we didn't like that very much, it didn't work out so hot for us, and so, you know, we get to the New Testament, where it's it's more spirit-driven, I mean, there's still the law, the law is absolutely still there, but a lot of what Christ has us wrestle with now is tension. Well, a lot of the time, sometimes we actually wish that we could go back to the black and white of the Old Testament. It's, it's clearer. It's so much clearer, yeah. but God says, no, I've given you principles, I've given you wisdom, which is me and myself, so get closer to me, because I am wisdom, and I will give you the necessary discernment to make these decisions. And so for us, to be able to make that decision requires us getting closer to truth itself so which is jesus christ here's a question yes what if you have this conviction we hear from the spirit right what if you have this conviction of like i should go to this wedding mm-hmm. to to show love for my friend i'm i'm going to very respectfully if someone asks me hey do you support this as a christian mm-hmm. i'll respectfully tell them my answer but i'm still going to the wedding mm-hmm. but you you see so you have a conviction right you you feel like you have this conviction but yet, you know what scripture says, 
this is wrong. So do you, how do you, how do you deal with that balance mm-hmm. of, you feel like you have conviction that you should go mm-hmm. right. Despite it still being a wrong thing. Yeah. Although you're not, you're not going to say, Hey, I love this. You know, I'm, I'm full agreement for this. You're not going to say that, but your presence is still going to be there. How do you deal with that tension? Well, I mean, again, I think if there are situations where it could be acceptable morally uh, and spiritually to go to an LGBT wedding. Um, so I would say, you know, in and of itself, that um, that tension, not tension, uh, but that conviction that you feel might be the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It could also be this conviction of not wanting to let the person down. Uh, so you have to be able to discern well between your voice and God's and that just comes with maturity um, but I mean I mean, yeah I, I think there could be cases where that is absolutely something you should do and should follow through on so it's a very like walk by the spirit and like move by the spirit because there are such gray areas and it's not so black and white like we know the action of is obviously wrong yeah. but there's some gray area in the approach is what you would say in a sense, yeah, and and that would also be, uh, I mean, the spirit communicates often to us. One hundred percent of the time, whenever we're reading the Bible, the spirit's communicating to us because it's the word of God. Um, so oftentimes, what I have found, just as a practical tip, uh, oftentimes I will have a question like that, that is very gray in the back of my mind, uh, and it'll, it'll I'll let it sit there for a few days. So in this case, I might tell my friend, hey, thanks for the invite. I'll, I'll get back to you uh, in a few days. And I'll be reading my Bible, my, the scripture, and I'll be reading. And I'll come across a passage that will shed light on the issue as, uh, as I have it in the back of my mind. And it'll kind of give an answer to that issue in a sense. Sure. Um, and so I, I forgot your original question. I, I started rambling. But, but yeah, I, I, I think pursuing reading the Bible, seeing if there's texts that can mm-hmm. illumine you to this. Uh, oftentimes, I think the Spirit will guide you to texts that you need to read or possibly show you something in a text that you have not seen before but you mm-hmm. need to see now. I think it could speak through people in your life, give you wisdom. I think all those avenues could possibly be. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for answering all those questions. That was really, You're welcome. really solid of you. Solid job. Oh, thank you. I and, was nervous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was. It wasn't easy for you to do. But any any closing thoughts um, on on this issue as a whole? Kind of like to do a little little bow tie on the on the box. No, uh, I'm I'm really encouraged by a lot of the literature that I'm reading uh, in the Christian community about this. Uh, I I see a lot of people who are developing a healthy perspective on this. Uh, I just think we need to communicate that to culture because the culture doesn't see that so well. And I know there's still a lot of people who don't see it healthy. I am praying that that is the minority, um, that a lot of Christians are grappling with this issue well. So I'm hopeful uh, in the end the the success and the life of the church is not on its people. It's on God, and we can have hope in that even amidst these tricky issues. So. Yeah, thanks for interviewing me. Yeah, I appreciate for, the podcast. Thanks for coming out. Oh, yeah, man. Traveled all five feet from my bed. So. Oh, appreciate the long travel. All right. All right, see you next time. This has been...